guys. Why do I always call you guys? There's probably ladies out there too. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 13 of the Alex and Cam podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for being here with us. Um, This week, we switch it up a bit and we've been doing some interviews the past few weeks and we decided we wanted to kind of check in with each other and check in with you guys and uh, we wanted to talk about change. It's a big one in grief. It's a big one in loss. And I mean, it's pretty generally a big one in life, but we wanted to share our perspectives on change after the loss of our guys and uh, really dig into how we change as individuals, how we change with the people around us. We even, you know, kind of goof around a bit because it's it's been a while since we've been able to really catch up since we're doing the long distance thing. So if you really want to understand what I'm talking about in the very beginning of this episode, maybe stick around to the very end of the credits song. We've got some outtakes on there, guys. I'm really embarrassed, but at the same time, I wouldn't be me if I didn't share them with you. So enjoy this week's episode. Check in with us. Let us know how you've noticed your own changes in loss. I'm so sorry. Plug your ears if you need to for the last <laughs> outtakes. Okay. Love you guys. Let's dive in. Okay, so I started with, I'm going to introduce in a second, but I started with (laughs) Journey Don't Stop Believing, then I headed over to The Pretenders, and then I went a little Heaven is a Place on Earth, Belinda Carlisle, and then I really switched gears, and I went straight for Mariah Carey always be my baby and that one was my shining glory <laughs> can we please play a clip of it right now i i'm pretty sure i deleted it if there is by chance some like mysterious clip of it i will i'll play it in the podcast <laughs> hey guys it's alex and kim <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that part i'm sorry <laughs> It's like, hey guys, it's Alex and Cam. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. I feel a Should rusty. we try that again? I feel super, super rusty. Um. So this is the Alex and Cam podcast, what, what? and we are trying something different. We're doing long distance recording and. We'll see how it goes. We hope the sound quality is all right. Basically, we've decided that we got to keep this ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that once the microphone's on, you like turn into like a really corny radio broadcaster? No, but I just feel like I get really giggly and like even more ditzy. Like it's kind of like a boy I really want to impress or something. <laughs> I actually am picturing you like twirling your hair and <laughs> like leaning forward, like maybe. Oh, oh sorry, we have a guest. We have a guest here. <laughs> guest appearance, still. Guest appearance of the child who never wants to sleep alone. So he just came out Aww. and is asking to put his head on my lap while we record. So. I'm just going to say yes. Let's do it. Aww, <laughs> Alex, you man. know this well, though. <laughs> when I lived in <laughs> Seattle, I'd be like, Alex, come over at 7. And then it would be like 9 o'clock before we could actually record because he kept coming out of the room. <laughs> Aww, he just wants to be a part of the party. He wants to be part of the conversation. He does, yeah. He wants to change the dialogue, too, from a kid's point of view. Wow. Do you want to tell them um, about what you've been telling me? Yeah. Okay, well, tell them what you've been talking about with Daddy. Can you tell? No. Why? Don't know what I was doing. Okay, (laughs) or did you tell me that you have your own house and Daddy lives in your house with you? Yeah. Yeah, and what do you guys do together? Um, play. You play? 
<laughs> but why do you have the murder going on in the twine up red? <laughs> because you are live on the air. I'm talking to Alex right now, buddy. Uh, and why is, why is the microphone plugged in? Because <laughs> we're recording. Aww. All right, time to put that little sleepy head down and go to sleep, okay? Cute. All right, good night. Uh, um, good night. Mom, can you smell if we heal me? Yes, I can. Can you say good night? Night. Love you. Bye, you. Okay. All right, back to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> His little voice is literally my favorite thing in the world. No, it's all rusty, too. I don't know why I keep Aww. saying rusty. <laughs> rusty? Okay, but just, like, going back to my point about, <laughs> like, trying to impress a boy or something, like, this is the Alex and Cam podcast because... Even then, I, like, fumble over my words, and then I just keep saying the same word over and over again. It's just ridiculous. Rusty. <laughs> Start the drinking game now, guys. I know. Rusty. How many times? Rusty. I haven't talked about Rusty. my hair yet, so. <laughs> I did. I jumped to it first. I know you did. So this week, we wanted to chat about, or what did you want to talk about, Cam? You, you text messaged me a really good idea. Yeah, I just felt like it would be cool to talk about changes. <laughs> and as general as it sounds, it just, um, you know, you and I have talked about how much we have changed and relationships with people we know have changed, whether it's our family or friends or strangers. And I mean, I don't know, like so much about it that I feel like we can have a really good discussion about it. Yeah, totally. I know that um, one of our listeners sent us a, you know, kind of a recommendation or a, wanted to hear more about how relationships change and mm-hmm. how it alters, you know, death is, is such a huge deal. And it, I mean, it, like you said, it changes, it's a very broad topic because it changes so much from just how you look at the world, how you look at the people in it. I mean, even the person, you know, our personalities shift. And so, yeah, I think this is an awesome topic. I think that it's a very relevant one. And I think that Mm -hmm. even, you know, I'm nearing the not quite, yeah, I guess I am kind of nearing the two year mark now at this point. And it's, I even recognize that, um, how much different I am now versus, you know, right after I lost him versus the person I was before him. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that as the years go on, I mean, that's just, that's life. We change, but there is something about the loss factor that, yeah, just really shifts a lot for you. So, mm-hmm. um, was there something that triggered it for you? Cause I've got plenty of stories <laughs> for myself, but yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think part of it is I'm, you know, deep into my training at my new job and just like in this new place that I've lived in and, it's a really interesting thing to like transition from being around all these people that have known me through my loss, you know, and kind of like not really noticing the changes so apparently with me. And then suddenly I'm around all these people that I don't know. And so Mm. it's funny, like not only trying to get to know them and them trying to get to know me, but I find myself just like really, really, really seeing how much I've changed and Part of it is positive. I mean, a lot of it is positive in ways that I'll get into more detail about of just like, I feel like I'm much more less judgmental than I used to be. And um, I think just like a little bit more calm and more go with the flow, like those like really obvious changes. But um, yeah, I noticed that like one of the really big changes I have in me is that like, I feel, I feel like sort of like less, of like I feel like less that I belong if that makes sense and like so something in me changed and I know that that is something that like you know obviously comes with loss and grief and stuff but um you know it's a huge change almost like in my personality of like I've kind of suddenly taken on this identity of being like this like loner or like kind of this like I don't know I don't know how to explain it I guess we can talk about it more but that's really what sparked this whole conversation like just kind of like feeling like I have this secret and even if people know what's happened to me like these strangers that I'm meeting it's kind of like I feel like I'm like an outsider like looking in like people are talking and like laughing about all these things I feel like I would have laughed about before 
And I'm just kind of like looking in like just like, man, this is really weird because that shit just like really doesn't matter. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it totally <laughs> Like makes I'm sense. just sort of like standing here on the sidelines being like, God, this is really weird to imagine that like I was a part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel that on on many skills as well. It's like a really this is like a really random story, but this is very timely that we're talking about this because the past two days in Seattle, there's this like, I don't know if you heard about this cam. I don't know if it popped up all over your feed, but <laughs> there was a man who decided to climb an 80 foot tree in downtown Seattle. It's like the famous tree that they decorate behind Macy's every year for Christmas and it's just this giant tree in the middle of downtown Seattle and he like a little hippie ninja pounced his way up to the top of that tree and just decided to like camp out and no fire truck ladder could reach him on top of the fact that then he started like just screaming obscenities to the to the police department and the firefighters trying to get him down and like throwing he took a bag of apples up to the top with me and start or top with him with, with me. you <laughs> I was really putting myself in his situation be one with the trees man no anyway he he started throwing apples at the police officers and then like started tearing the tree apart and started tearing, like throwing branches. So anybody in Seattle, if you're listening, you know this because it stopped everything. I mean, I'm not kidding. They had a live stream showing the whole thing. So for the past two days, <laughs> I've been listening to every single one of my coworkers and I'm not going to lie. I've been a part of it too. Cause part of it is really funny, but at the same time, like, Literally yesterday morning, we woke up to find out that there was another ISIS attack on mm -hmm. Belgium. And I was so angry. And maybe this is me and I need to be like less reactive and just understand my audience, I suppose, or like not my audience, but the people around me. But I mean, the conversation around the water cooler was more about the man in the fucking tree than about the stuff that's really happening in the world, you know, it's mm -hmm. then, I don't know. It was just a really weird moment where in, in a, it just, this just feels super timely to be talking about this because all of a sudden I realized that like, I just can't even care about, <laughs> I don't know. I care. I care differently. I just am much more interested. I mean, we've talked about this before in the depth I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I can't do, I can't do, I don't know. Just yeah. Um, I don't know. So, like, part of our our training in my new job, which is like also medical, and it's too hard to like really get into detail over, but um, we actually learn a lot about empathy, and it's it's really cool because we have like these, you know, two day long trainings over it, and like you know, obviously, you and I have talked about like it's something that we both are. And like, I just feel so passionate about, like, I could like sit there and talk about empathy and like personal development stuff all day long. Like I absolutely love right. it. And so, you know, everyone's on the boat and stuff. And, um, but we talk to a lot of people where you just have to like, you know, like any job, you just have to put away your views, like politically, spiritually, like morally, whatever it is, and just like kind of treat each other as viewing, their situation is their truth, you know? Right. And yeah. so, you know, it's kind of, it's not that they would know better if they had experienced loss. I'm just relating it into a sense of a way that I've changed because, you know, like I just said, like I used to like get into this like jobs and like being around people and my way of connecting was really kind of like gossip. I think like it was, um, you know, talking about who and like talking about what and like, did you see what they did? Did you hear what they said? And just like really getting in on it and feeling like that was like, you know, I could talk to anybody. And so everyone kind of liked me because I was like funny and I could just like relate, you know, I just kind of feel like that part of me has like really drifted away. And so how interesting we're talking about this long story short, we're talking about <laughs> a placenta. <laughs> And a what? A placenta. <laughs> oh. And <laughs> okay. Okay. I know this is like not making sense. I'm a horrible storyteller. But long story <laughs> short, like we're talking about a placenta, and um, basically, like 
the guy's wife like just gives birth and um he has like a horrible experience at the hospital and one of his horrible experiences at the hospital is that like the medical staff actually loses the placenta and so oh, no. like the whole entire training group is all like um oh my god well that's so disgusting like what would you even do with that and just like getting like really crazy and judgmental and everyone's like laughing about it like even like the trainer is and stuff and like just like kind of like you know, like throwing shit at this Making person that, like we're not even like talking about, you know, like or we don't even right. know. And it's just like I just like found myself like really witnessing like myself from above today being like, I totally would have been in on that. <laughs> but now I just feel like so like almost like dirty in those situations. It's so hard to explain. I just feel like, oh like God, that's just like not what it's about, man. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. But it's hard, right? Because when you experience those changes in yourself, whether it's from loss or not, it's kind of like, it's like it can get like really drastic and extreme, you know, because I know that you can't just like force somebody to change their perspective and force them to kind of be where you're at all of a sudden. But then right. at the same time, that's like really isolating and I feel really lonely because I feel like, well, one, how can I be authentically myself when I feel that way and also try to like fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. And two, like how can I also, you know, not judge those people? Like because that's my whole point, right, is not judging. So it's like this really like twisted hole that I'm going down. But Yeah, no, I definitely – I. I understand that. I think that, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty goofy person and I like to make, you know, I joke around a lot. And I mm-hmm. think that there there's a difference between teasing and being, like, playful versus, like, being completely critical. And I find myself mm. doing that same thing of, like, I think people are just really um, – we're in a time where we're really separating ourselves and – it's really hard to watch. It's like everyone is comparing each other and themselves to one another. And, and it's just, it's a weird space of like, even listening to, I mean, my coworkers today saying, why don't they just shoot that guy down? And like, clearly the guy's up there. He has like a mental, like who knows why he's up there, but like he has his reason Mm -hmm. and it's whether he's not sound or healthy or, he's protesting something and like just because he is like a a known man who lives on the streets of Seattle doesn't mean that we can just like shoot him down with a pelt gun like what is that I'm just like listening to people like offer that up because Mm -hmm. their commute was going to be inconvenienced because of him I mean walk a few extra miles and go and find the bus somewhere else while you're thinking about your freaking actions and how you're talking about other people that's like a human being up there and mm-hmm. I don't know it's just a really oh, I just yeah. uh it's a fascinating thing when you when you I don't know you know if we've talked about this and I think that loss has made us both more empathetic for sure and more mm-hmm. compassionate but I also just wonder like isn't that just like a basic human trait to like respect that that's that person's story and that's not for you to make little or light of I don't know I just yeah it's an interesting thing but I definitely think that that's like something like I mean a huge way and like like I said like how I've changed you know it's like I feel like suddenly it's like I suddenly see (laughs) the really humanistic side of things right like it's yeah it's like words seem like much more serious than they ever have yeah. you know like those sort of comments like it almost like is like a dagger and like people don't even mean them as like hard but even you just saying like why don't we shoot him down like my heart just like kind of like hurts for a moment you know and I think that's like, even like the instinct for mm-hmm. people that hurts yeah mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. for sure but um, yeah I mean besides that <laughs> their little tangents <laughs> no that's a good one I mean that's a good one I think that I think that you know at as you said earlier, I think that there are a lot of both positive and negative changes. I think that it's, they're just things that, you know, whether it be your own self-growth or your, the fears that come up from all of this that kind of 
change you. I don't know. I, I think that in a lot of ways, I, I don't know. I think that I used to be a lot more willing to just go out and like, I mean, we've talked about this before as well, but the, the like go out and just have fun. And mm-hmm. I was just actually, it's funny that we're talking about this. I was just talking to my mom about this because as you always talk about your hair, I always talk about my mom. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, but I was, I was telling her that Ooh. I'm very much a, like a yes person and I'm someone who I just like if someone asks me to do something, whether it be like hang out, go to dinner, see a movie, whatever, like I typically say yes. And it's that's partly the people pleasing thing. It's partly because I like putting my focus. My one of my love, my top love language is quality time. <laughs> and so anyway, I've always been a yes person. And just recently I've started really exploring the idea of saying no. Mm-hmm. And and it's a change that I'm not really comfortable with quite yet. Like it doesn't it's not like a fluid thing yet. It's like I'm still like in it, but essentially I'm having this thought of life is short. Stop spending time doing things that aren't filling you up. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've always been a yes person and then I go and do things that maybe don't feed me the same way it feeds that other person or that party or that group or whatever. And so I, I'm starting to really question before saying yes and then like canceling later, mm. just saying no, like that's, you know, and, and exploring like, look, I really want to celebrate your birthday, but I don't, I don't want to go out to the clubs until mm-hmm. 2 a.m. Like I really need my sleep and I have stuff that I do you know what I mean like I have like a it's not that I am like tight and not flexible with my schedule it's just these are things that don't necessarily make me feel alive and if I have a short life as it is how am I going to be living it to feel alive and sometimes that means saying no to things that are going to take time away from that life if that makes sense and so Mm -hmm. that's like a a new shift that that you know is very much related to death it's very much recognizing that like who knows what's going to happen and i i don't want to i just don't want to lose any any time doing things that aren't um making me like if i were to if i were to be lying on my deathbed tomorrow what would what would be exciting me would it be mm-hmm that party or would it be that I had like a really wonderful conversation one-on-one with somebody I don't know Mm -hmm. it's it's a weird I don't know because I also think that sometimes I also want a party but it's just a weird yeah I know you mean well like so you know pre-Dylan I was like very much you know I've talked about before like we were kind of independent and I loved my alone time like I loved that I could be by myself and that You know, I love to just, like, read. I would go to coffee shops by myself. I had, like, no fear in doing things by myself. And um, I had, like, no fear of being alone. Like, I wasn't really, like, you know, looking for anybody. And I kind of had this, like, image in my head of, you know what? I think I would just be fine. Um, And, you know, Dylan came along, (laughs) like, obviously when I wasn't looking. And um, we fell into a love that I didn't know existed. And it's funny because, like, now it's, like, all of these traits that I know like make me really happy, which is like part of me, you know, enjoying being alone and reading and listening to music and just like really giving that time to myself um, and daring to like try new places by myself. I suddenly feel like I have this like really deep fear of kind of being alone or like more scared of loneliness, I think. And that is like completely, I think, by you know, actually watching him die. And I think like seeing how alone death is, I guess, but I, it's like weird how I suddenly feel like I need to like fill all these like voids in my time. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're talking about, you know, like learning to say no and doing things like that, like it just, I totally feel you because I really want to get back to that place where I just feel like kind of what you're saying, like you want to spend your life doing things that fill you up. 
and that can be alone. I know, especially for me, like that's how I feel, but it's like, I don't know what the heck changed, but I just feel like suddenly terrified of it. Like just, Oh, I'm right there with you on that Mm -hmm. one. There's like a, it's like a weird parallel that happens of like, I absolutely recognize that being alone. I mean, I'm alone more than I'm with people. Mm -hmm. Like I, I spend a great deal of time by myself and I'm really lonely. I mean, it's right. like a very real depth to my loneliness. Right, because it's, there's like a difference between being alone and feeling like this like deep loneliness, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it it comes though, like you said, it's a mm-hmm. love you you didn't even know existed. To me, it's the it's that same love, and it's he was your best friend. Bernie was mine, and mm-hmm. that's like, that's not something that even my best girlfriends. I mean, you and I it's just different. Like I love you to death, but like that's, it's just different. That was someone, you know, that, that just, it's just like you said, it's just a love Mm -hmm. that you didn't even know existed. And when that gets ripped out of your life, nothing fills that like, yes, like pieces, other things in your life can start to kind of gradually like fill you up in different ways, but nothing fills that void and that is a very intense loneliness and I Mm -hmm. think that I think that like you said I I didn't I didn't know that I could lose something that important to me Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I could lose I didn't realize I could be alone before all of this and I can still be alone. I'm self-sufficient. I'm independent. You know, we both are. We take care of our, you know, we take care of our lives. We do what we need to do, but it's, it's just, it's a, 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 just an infinite, an infinite loss that I don't know if it will ever feel safe Mm -hmm. to be. I don't know. It's a weird, I don't know how, if I'm articulating it the way I want to, but it's like, it's almost indescribable in in a lot Mm -hmm. of sense. It's just, it's such a special love and infinite feeling that you had with them. And that's, you know, we don't want that to go away, but at the same time, like I get it completely. There's, there's something about wanting to be around people. It's why I'm, you know, you, you moved back East to be with family. Mm -hmm. I, I'm moving to Utah in a few weeks to be with my family. And it's it's just a very um, weird thing of feeling like I need to be surrounded by people, but also recognizing that, like, those people, while they make me feel happy and while they make me feel surrounded by people, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not actually helping with the, the intense loneliness. Well, Always, you know, I don't know. it's weird because I've moved out here and I'm super happy I have. Like, it really feels like a really great decision. And But something quickly that I learned was there's a difference between having support. You have a body that's around you and you have people who can help, you know, whether it's with a child yeah. or whatever it is. And yeah. it's like the physical tasks. But what I've realized is, like, at the end of the day, I'm around all these people who I love and love me, you know, my family it's still me <laughs> who has to do the yeah. work and yeah. that's I hard, mean, right? Yeah. Like I don't really know yeah. even like where to go with that sometimes. I'm like, I don't even know how to make it better. Yeah. And I'm still like constantly in awe of how weird people feel talking about it. You know, it just kind of, it's like, I feel like, you know, for you and I, we are such deep feeling people and um, we really like thrive on kind of like, you know, being honest and like really telling how we feel. I know that you've talked about doing that on social media before and um, yeah, kind of like the contradictions of that or like kind of the judgments you've received from that. And it's weird because I feel like before all this, we were completely like loved and almost like entitled before loss to really be those people and tell exactly how we're feeling. And, you know, people like loved us for that, but it was never about like death, you know, like we say the ultimate taboo subject. And I feel like I need to like censor myself all of the time right now. And, you know, when people find out what happened, it's like, I just feel like I can't really talk about it in the same sense I would 
a breakup or, you know, moving or like my parents getting divorced, like people are much more receptive to that. And I suddenly feel like, you know, it's hard because I want to be like an authentic, vulnerable person. And I feel like I can't quite do that just because of like the way that people are reacting to what I have to say, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I do. I think, um, I have two thoughts to that. And one is I've noticed that I've actually stopped talking about him as much. Mm -hmm. Same. And that's a weird thing of, I, I felt like, you know, which may contribute to what we were just talking about with the loneliness, but I feel like in a lot of ways I'm kind of, um, denying some of the grief process and, and I, yeah. So like to me, it's like I hit this point where I now know that the people around me would rather me talk about the idea of dating someone new or like, you know, a new, a new, I don't know, like a guy that I saw on an elevator that I thought was cute or Mm -hmm. would rather me talk about a man in a tree (laughs) or would rather me talk about, you know, what, what job prospects there are, whatever. Like it's, it's, it's no one, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know. I just feel like for, for everyone else's sake, I've stopped talking about him and mm-hmm. that's that's it sucks it does it, t- it feels like it like I don't know it's like completely alters like how you kind of perceive yourself and you know well I and like it you- goes against it goes against everything we've talked about which is to say like oh okay so now that I've hit this point in my process now that means I'm done with it like okay yeah. I've stopped I've stopped talking about him because like I'm I'm okay now and yeah, and it's hard because it's, like, at the same time, it's, like, us talking about it isn't mean that – or doesn't mean that we are stuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing that I feel like people don't understand, you know? It's, like, I'm not stuck. I'm not unwilling to move forward, you know? I'm not anything. It's just – it's, like, crazy difficult, right? And, like – I don't well, know. I feel like a lot more distant, like in all of my relationships because of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, so that was the other thing I want to get to, which is the things that I've noticed that have changed the most in my life are my relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I've either gotten significantly closer to people and I found like my peeps mm-hmm. or I've had to walk away from some people. And, and I don't know why but you know before before Bernie and I even dated I mean I was someone who I'm a very loyal person and I'm someone who if you are in my life I'm like that ride or die like I'm Mm -hmm. legit that person that's like I am with you and I'm going to remain your friend I have I have a wonderful community of friends in my life and I like from just like all kinds of you know, from past jobs to past uh, being in school together to whatever. I mean, I just, I, it's, it's a really wonderful, lovely community of people. Mm-hmm. And I've always stayed very loyal to them. And like I said, like, I always try to make sure that I'm like at, a, at events celebrating them. I try to make it to every birthday. I try to make it to weddings. I try to make it to babies' birthdays. I, you know, like I'm, I just am very loyal to my people. After Bernie passed away, I have gotten kind of ruthless in my ability to like walk away from yeah. people who mm-hmm. I who I don't. It's not necessarily that it's like a big, ugly, dramatic like breakup of friendships or whatever. It's just I come to a place now where, as I was saying earlier, I now know life is incredibly short, and yeah. that doesn't mean that I get to like punish people or cut them out in in a way that's like, I don't like you anymore. It's just in a way of, I've come to a space where I can just recognize that like, we're not serving each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And even though it may feel like we need to like cling on to this idea, I, I am able to 
as cliche it is as it is, let that butterfly go. <laughs> like you go ahead and fly. Like, you know, I'm 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 better for having had you in my life. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we need to keep pretending to be something to each other that we're not. It doesn't mean that we need to um always remain the same because we are always ever evolving and always changing. Mm -hmm. And lastly, and most importantly, and this is a huge lesson for me to learn, it's I'm not willing to let people treat me like crap anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to, unfortunately, like it took Bernie's big wake up call of a death for me to realize that people cannot step all over me. Mm -hmm. And in some weird way, I found the strength. I mean, I've told you before, I've said it in past episodes. A friend said he was my backbone. And I am really happy to say that for the first time in my life, I feel my own backbone. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel strong enough to be able to say, look, I appreciate who you are. I appreciate what you were for me. But we will not do this any longer because Mm -hmm. you have not treated me fairly. And maybe I haven't treated you fairly. And maybe that's because we're just not meant to be in the same capacity that we were. And it's, you know, I've had I've had some pretty heartbreaking fallouts. I mean, things that I, one of my very best friends who was with me at the hospital. And it, it felt like it was a very sudden loss. In and of itself. But if I play back the months leading up to to what finally, like, drew us to walk away from one another, it's like there were little signs here and there that we were just growing in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I've had to walk away from communities of people that, you know, when you get to a certain, not to be cryptic or anything, but when you get to a certain level in in a relationship that you start to see people's true colors and you're able to kind of decide like, look, I respect you, but I, I'm not, this isn't who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my biggest, sorry, I just went on like an incredibly long rant, but that's, I think when you, when you were talking about talking about this subject, that was, that was the first Mm -hmm. thing that popped into my mind is I've changed in a lot of ways and that I finally, I'm able to understand that there's a difference between being loyal to others and a difference of being loyal to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, like the first thing that kind of came up to me was like a lot of like family stuff and like yeah. how my relationships changed in my family. Yeah, And, you know, this can go on to like a whole nother level. I hope that you and I haven't entire episode on just forgiveness um so I'm not going to go too deep into that but um you know so much of I fortunately have kind of I've just I've moved around so freaking much that I have a pretty good base of friends and we're kind of like all over the country so I felt like a lot of my friendships changed when I first kind of got pregnant and went through those changes but mm-hmm. a lot of the changes that I saw were really in family whether it was his or my own and, um, so, you know, I definitely feel like I kind of, like you said, like got to see like true colors. Right. And I had to take a lot of step backs of kind of, I guess like meeting people where they're at, because I think that when things get hard, you have a lot of different relationships with people. You have the people who are there for, you know, a couple days and check in on you all the time and then you don't hear from them for like weeks. And, you know, you have the people who are there for you like every single day from before and after. And like you said, like, you know, your entire relationships are just bonded through it. And I like, just like you, I had to like really learn like a huge backbone and it was like really like sticking up for you know, how I was feeling and decisions I was making and kind of like owning my place in the world, you know, and it's hard because everybody, I think like wants a place in death, you know, when you're related to somebody 
who died and whether you're you know, romantically involved or like their immediate family or your friends or your friends of a friend or cousin or just whatever. It's kind of like people want to be a part of that. And I think it's because, you know, ultimately it draws everybody together and it's kind of like this form of bonding of like, God, man, life is so short. And you get to like kind of share that bond, whether it's like, you know, incredibly deep or not. Um, but I just saw this thing the other day and, um, you know, I actually heard it from a teacher, but so I'm not going to be able to, I'll hopefully find the resource of where he found it from, but he was talking about, you know, when there is a grief or loss, and this really hit home for me that you have all of these circles and kind of the rule is you're allowed to dump out, but you're not allowed to dump in. So you have the person Mm. who dies in the middle and the first string around it is, you know, like a spouse or like mom and dad or like whoever is like directly Um, you know, related to this person who's dying. Right. And then you have like the next level of like extended family and then like, you know, friends and then the next level of like friends of friends or like I just said, and basically it goes, um, you're allowed to (laughs) dump on the outside circle. So you're allowed to say, God, this is so hard, you know, to somebody else if you're closer, but that person Mm. isn't really allowed to say to you, God, this is like the worst thing in my life. (laughs) If they're like a friend of a friend, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm not a very good storyteller, but it hit me in the sense of kind of being like, it's been a really big challenge for me to meet people where they're at because I've had some family members, um, you know, who have done some pretty unforgivable things through this whole process. And unfortunately I don't really have a relationship with them anymore. And it's kind of like, it's tough because I think that a lot of the times when you're people pleasers like you and I, it's like you, one, want to fix what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really tricky to realize that in life, like, Jesus, you cannot fix anything. And that sometimes it takes way more strength in just like sitting there and like letting it happen than trying to talk and have the conversation and make it stop, you know? and fix yeah. what they're going through. And yeah, so, for sure. you know, one, it's that. And then two, it's also like, I just, um, meeting people where they're at mentally <laughs> and socially and emotionally mm-hmm. is tough too, because I think it's like a very fine line of not letting everybody walk all over you, like you said, and also standing up for yourself and being like, you know what, like, I don't need this relationship in my life. And that's definitely something I'm still learning because pre-death, like, man, I just would let anybody and everybody into my life. Like, I would never say no. I would just, I would let anyone in, you know, suck all the energy out of me and give everything I had to them. And I'm, like, definitely learning right now that, like, some people just do not deserve that shit. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard, right? Because you feel sorry because you're like, oh, man, they experienced this loss too. Like, you kind of make excuses for them. But ultimately, it's like... You just got to let some people go, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too. Right now, um, so our entire, like, Bernie and my entire network of, I've talked about them before. It's like our group chat. That's what I call them. But they're a group of people that we all really came together. And it, it was just like this instant, it's almost like a second family for me. And they really were his best friends and, and I mean, he called them family, he called them brothers and sisters and I call them brothers and sisters now. And, and in the past week or two, I've been noticing some shifts happening in the group and it's almost like we all got so close after he passed away. And now here we are almost at the two year mark and things are shifting and it's like that people are changing and we're growing Mm -hmm. apart and, um, priorities are you know shifting for people and and it's this weird thing of like you're watching it happen and in a weird sense I'm mourning it because they did really help me through a very intense time in my life and it's not necessarily that I won't you know talk to any of them ever again that's not what I'm saying at all we're all still family it's just Mm -hmm. watching it kind of break in an 
in itself has been kind of heartbreaking. It's like I can't do anything to fix it. And Mm -hmm. in the same sense, I kind of have to just like go with it and let it just fall as it may and understand that, you know, we don't have control of these things. Like when it comes to people, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't constrict if if it means we're growing together great if it means we're growing apart that's fine too and Mm -hmm. it just kind of gets to a place where it's like if I'm absolutely oh it's awful you've lost that person and now you're losing maybe it's your best friend like maybe it's you know whoever like I mean it's it's awful multiple losses in one and it's hard not to blame yourself for that you know well maybe if I was happier like maybe if you know whatever it's just it's hard not to put your blame on yourself for the relationships that change I mean, I go through, I'll, I'll be completely honest. And I, I mean, I kind of, the two main things that happened for me is I lost my, my literally my best friend. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I lost the yoga studio that I was working at and I walked away from both of them. And so I know that I was the one, sorry, I know that I was the one who, who initiated and like w- finally recognized that wasn't serving me. And maybe that caught other parties by surprise. Why wasn't I working to fix or like working to fit in more or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So in the aftermath, you go through this like crazy whirlwind of feeling guilt mm-hmm. because I was the, if like, if this was a relationship, I was the one who broke up. Like yeah, you go through, you go through forgiveness for how they treated you but not being able to like articulate to them because you've walked away you know Mm -hmm. not being able to like communicate to them like why it added up the way it did you go through self-forgiveness you go through you go through missing them like I mean on both like I know this is two completely different things but like I miss I miss that studio every single day every single day I miss Mm -hmm. I miss my practice. I miss that it was the place that brought me back to life after mm-hmm. loss, mm-hmm. Uh, helped me discover breath, helped me, you know, work through grief through my body. Like, and then I, on the other side of things that, you know, my best friend got married. I wasn't at her, I wasn't at her wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything really except for a superficial level of what's going on in her life. And that's a very weird thing to know that someone that I was friends with for almost uh, 12 years, Mm -hmm. you know, is now just is, is an acquaintance in a lot of ways. And it's, so you go through such a range Mm -hmm. of feelings when, when those relationships shift. But for me, and I don't know about for you, but for me, it always kind of goes back to like, was it going to, was it fixable? Like, was it going to be like something, because I've always kind of been someone to believe that like, if, if it's worth the work, it's not going to feel like work. Yeah, absolutely. But if it feels mm -hmm. like work, then it's, it's probably not a good fit. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's not to say I like need things to like coast through. I'm willing to put in like, you know, a hustle. I'm willing to to have hard conversations. I'm willing mm-hmm. to go there. I am, you know, I don't I like I've said I don't need the superficial, but at the same time I don't want to force things on anyone else and I don't want to force things on myself anymore. Mhm. Mhm. I know absolutely. And I think um you know, just quickly kind of I know we're wrapping up here, but it's hard because I think that it hurts to be let down by the people who you thought would be there for you during something like this. Oh, yeah, Um, totally. You know, it's kind of like, it's like, like I said, a loss in its own, it's a hurt of its own, but it's kind of like, you know, when you're like let down by those people where you feel like you are the one person who should have been there. Like you're the one person. And when they're not, it's just like, it almost like makes you feel like foolish. And of course you're not like, you know, it's absolutely like nothing that has to do with you, but it's like, it's a total mind trip like to let go of friends. Because like you said, like you have a lot of guilt over it. Like you have a lot of like, am I just being irrational? You know? Um, you know what though? In some, sorry, I don't no, mean to cut it. you off, but in it's some okay. ways too, in a weird way. And I don't know if you feel this way, but in some ways it also kind of feels like a relief. 
Yeah. And I don't, that sounds really fucked up, but like, I think that that, you know, I'm, I'm rereading Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie right now. And mm-hmm. it's talking a lot about acceptance and forgiveness. And, and like you said, I, like, I entirely think that we need to have an entire episode on forgiveness, yeah. but I, I've um, been thinking a lot about following your inner guide and it's this idea of like you know we always have that voice within us and it's that intuition that's really speaking Mm -hmm. to us and I think for me yes I have the range of emotions of shame guilt feeling vulnerable feeling angry it's like all over the board but underlying tone is like this little whisper of relief in that I am finally like trusting that intuition yeah I don't know um so I know like when I went through like all these changes, like so cliche, yeah. but there was like one quote that I just like lived by, by Mother Teresa. And it was because, you know, I really was really in second guessing myself and like my own nature and, um, you know, whether I was doing good because like we just talked about, like you put all that pressure on yourself to kind of salvage the relationship and make it work like it's your responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the Mother Teresa quote, and I have it up here, but it says, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are mm. kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest mm. and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between them and you anyway. I just like, I was like struggling so much with how much all of the relationships in my life were changing that I had this printed out. And I remember like, you know, talking to my dad about just like, you know, I felt like I was really trying to do my best. Like, why were these relationships falling apart beside me? And I, we read this together and now we both have it up in our fridges, but it's just like something I feel like I always have to go back to. It's like, you know, that we went back to in the very first episode. It's if you are doing the best you can, you know, then you're doing all you can. And what you just said about following your inner guide, it's like, if we can just all live by our gut and our intuition and, that may be making hard decisions of kind of like letting go of people and really, I guess like seeing things and people as seasons and not really viewing anything as permanent because who knows, those people can come back in your life. It's just really, if anything, making sure that you're listening to your own self and honoring your own happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite, favorite quotes as Mm -hmm. well. And I, I think that it's such a, I mean, just beautifully comforting thing to remember that, you know, we, we, this is our path and this is, it's always going to change and as uncomfortable as change can be and as sudden as it can be, you know, so long as you're, I mean, so long as you're going with it, as, like you said, as best you can, it's, that's all we can do. Right. That's really all we can do, and it's it, nothing is nothing is permanent except yeah. for death. And in that in that way, there's like something very freeing to this life. Yeah, I mean, I just because like what she says too. Of just like you know, at the end of the day, it's not between you and anyone else. And like we talked about before, when we watched, you know, our guys die, where it was like we had a life together, and suddenly they're dying alone. It's like it really makes you realize that at the end of the day, <laughs> it's you and your decisions and what feels good to you, what feels right to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking of a quote too. <laughs> I don't know if it's like <laughs> corny to say a quote after a quote, but <laughs> I keep thinking of the quote from, um, uh, Benjamin Button. Have oh, you seen yeah. that movie? Curious case of Benjamin Button. And it's yeah. like, for what it's worth, it's never too late, or in my case, too early, to be whoever you want to be. There's no time limit. Stop whenever you want. You can change or stay the same. There are no rules to this thing. We can make the best 
or the worst of it. I hope you make the best of it. And I hope you see things that startle you. I hope you feel things that never that you've never felt before. I hope you meet people <laughs> with a different point of view. I hope you live a life you're proud of. And if you find that you're not, I hope you have the strength to start all over again. Yeah. I think that those two it. quotes are the perfect place for us to jump on over <laughs> to grief bombs. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I definitely have one. If you don't have one, I can go first. But um, You go first. So as you guys heard earlier, when Dylan came into the living room and I was asking him about his daddy because... So we've been moving around a lot and we finally moved into our own place. And I think it's just been a lot of change for him, especially, you know, moving to a different state where everything is unfamiliar. So he started telling me that he has his own house and that um, his daddy lives there with him. And Mm. it's really, it's really not funny. I mean, it kind of is because I kind of like, if I had like looked at myself from an outsider's perspective, (laughs) like... Like, years ago, I would have been like, God, you're such an asshole, Cam, because, like, he would be like, "Um, I'm going to go up to outer space, and I'm going to rescue Daddy. Like, he thinks, like, that he can, like, rescue him. Like, he's like, I'm going to put him back in his body. And I was like, you can't. Like, he's dead. Like, I'm trying to make it, like, really, like, just, like, clear for him. And I was like, God, you're such an asshole. Because if I saw someone else doing that, I'd be like, oh, just, like, let them, like, deal with it how they need to, you know? Because, like, he responded and he's like, well, we'll see about that. We'll see. We'll see. And I'm just like, I was like, man, no matter what I say, like, I just got to, like, let him, you know, kind of process it on his own. But his new thing is that he, like, daddy's at his house. And I was like, oh, I really miss him. Like, you know, do you see him? He's like, yeah, you can come over with you want and see him. And it's just so funny because he started telling my aunts and my mom that he put him back in his body so part of me is like, man, is he, like, actually seeing him? Because, like, he really does, like, talk about him being in his body again. So I'm like, is he, like, appearing to him? Like, is he actually playing Listen, with him? You know, like, I it's absolutely been really believe, trippy. I totally believe in children. I just think that they know all of the secrets of the world. And I think that they... Probably, I mean, you see things in like, what is that movie? Heaven, Heaven is real or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember. But like, I believe in that stuff. I think that kids, yeah. we've talked about the veil being thin right after loss. I believe the veil is thin for the first years of our lives. And I think that the imagination and the magic of life through a child's eyes is a very real thing. And I think that we... I just think that that's so cool. I I think yeah. that that is no, so cool. Really and I, cool. It's just like, it's been like, oh my gosh. Like, I was kind of like waiting for something like this to happen, you know, or like whether it would. And it's been like pretty cool to feel like, you know, he has a connection to his dad. He's three years old, you know, and I thought that I'd have to like tell him stories about him. He wouldn't really remember him because he's only two, you know, like not even two when he died. And right. so it's been like really amazing to kind of like see him create or like maybe really see him and um like connect with him and not feel like he you know like that he's without a father right so yeah for sure but it's definitely like every time he says it like it kind of stabs me in the heart I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah I can't even imagine I feel like it's like a it's a emotional roller coaster yeah anyway Um, (laughs) do you have a grief bomb this week well, not as good as that. <laughs> that was a very so, big one. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, I I literally had one the other day, and I wish that I had my journal right here because it it, it had it. But um, I'm going to also talk about – so you just moved, and I – well, you've been there for a while now, but I, um, <laughs> I am moving – mid-April and that is sneaking up very quickly and I am um I went through my storage last weekend and I remember you had this exact (laughs) grief bomb (laughs) but I'm really going through a lot of my stuff and um I have been having a hard time with it Mm -hmm. I am finding a lot of little reminders 
whether it be like pictures that I forgot existed or um, Valentine's Day cards or mm-hmm. um, videos. I like I've just been like in this like total declutter kind of mode right now and um, hearing his voice um, also. And this is actually the biggest trigger that happened was, you know how Facebook Facebook does that like on this day feature? Yeah. Right now, well, last week, two, no, sorry, three years ago was when I visited Bernie in Hawaii for the first mm-hmm. time. And so every single day, pictures of my first vacation with him are popping up and it's literally like... I, you know, I go back and forth of feeling how blessed I am to have those memories to feeling just totally devastated Mm -hmm. again of like, look at how happy and in love and excited about life I was. And I'm so thankful to have those moments with him. But like, I feel like I, I feel like a very big piece of me died and I'm just having a hard time with like going there and I you know I'm I think that I'm starting to now feel that same sense of there's a finality to walking away from this place yeah and to walking away from a home that we lived in together and to walking away from um, places we went on dates to or mm-hmm. you know it's just like a weird it's weird because it's like a conscious decision too it's like you like know what you're doing you know yeah yeah totally absolutely and it so and yeah it's too, just this... like our life is like so you know like a huge part of our life really does revolve around them and like our stories we have together so like to kind of like have your own like solo chapter is like really weird yeah absolutely Totally. It's, yeah, it's like, I didn't necessarily want this solo chapter. I mean, I'll embrace it. It's going to be good. I'm not, I'm not at all like regretting my choice. It's just sad, you know, it's sad to, it's sad to find little pieces of him and know that that's all I, that's all I have. And like, I know, you know, a really common thing for people to say in loss to you, whether they've experienced it or or haven't, but like the piece of comfort that they try to offer is, you know, you have him in your memories. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I really enjoy those memories, but those memories aren't anything compared to actually having yeah. him sitting next to me, like mm-hmm. <laughs> giving me a kiss, you know? It's just a different thing. So, yeah. anyway, I've just been kind of. Feeling all the emotions that come with <laughs> with change, yeah. <laughs> full circle. So anyway, um, I think that's I think that's a good place to wrap it. I think yeah. that this has been awesome. I really missed hearing your voice know, <laughs> recording <seriously>. with you. <laughs> um, and guys, thanks for listening. As always, it's mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll for sure still be doing interviews. They'll they'll kind of sneak their way in and out here and there we'll we'll be doing some together we'll be doing some probably individually but um sometimes we we just have these like moments of being like oh we should talk about this like inspired to talk about something so just yeah and like Mm -hmm. just want to check in with where we are in our process and and hopefully offer a you know a topic that you've either asked us to or or that is calling to us and so thank you so much for being here if if you want to support the podcast, we sincerely appreciate it. I think the first thing that you could do is to share it. Um, tell someone about it. That's yes, um, I think the thing that we're starting to realize is like the the people that are finding us organically are just as exciting as like, I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing to hear that um, you guys are choosing to be here with us. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, Definitely, like, you guys are the reason, like, that we stay inspired and keep doing these podcasts. So keep writing us, just like the listener earlier did, um, who kind of inspired this conversation about changes and relationships. So please continue to contact us and let us know what you'd like to hear about. But as always, we are so grateful to have all of you guys and always humbled to be able to talk about this with everybody. Absolutely. And feel free to 
hit subscribe on iTunes if this is your first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. Rate and review, always super helpful. (laughs) And uh, if you guys want to hear more about us, please feel free to head over to www.alexandcam.com or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And um, thanks for being here. Thanks for walking this path with us. And uh, I don't know, I guess just much, much love to each and every one of you. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Hello, it's me. <laughs> okay, the fun thing is, <laughs> um, I literally have been, I've been recording myself sing songs <laughs> as I wait. Yeah, just, you know, because I was curious what I sound like to people who listen to me sing. And um, it's really not pretty, but no, it's been so funny, though. <laughs> I started, I started with like, oh, what song did I start with? I don't even remember. Oh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Yeah, wait, you feel like what? Okay, let's, let's just.